It's time for Mac Geek Gab, and listener Jeff brings us our quick tip of the week. He says, uh, this quick tip came to me when I had stopped during a bike ride to take a photo with my phone. I opened up the camera app, and somehow, instead of clicking on the shutter button, I slid my finger from the shutter button to the right uh, uh, towards the where the front rear camera button is on my iPhone. The app immediately started a video recording. If you release your finger from the rear front camera or from the right there, it will continue to record until you click the shutter button again to stop it. Alternately, if you still have your finger on that rear front camera button, you can slide it back or you can just grab it and slide it back. He says, I like this much better as it is a one step process to record a video rather than having to select video and then press the shutter button. And that's how you lock a video. The way that you record a quick video is just hold down on the camera shutter button while you are recording. And sure enough, it will or while you are taking a picture and it will record a video. More quick tips like this, plus your questions answered today on Mac Geek Gab 986 for Monday, June 12th, 2023. <laughs> Greetings, folks, and Welcome to Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in your quick tips like that one, your cool stuff found, your questions. We uh, put them all together into an agenda, so we'll share the first two, and then we will try to answer the latter. We try to answer your questions here. You send them into feedback at macgeekgab.com. We try to answer them. Uh, this episode, we will be doing maybe one question, but we have a lot of cool stuff found, as we promised at the end of last week. So we will be digging into that after we do some quick tips here. The goal, of course, being that each and every one of us learns no less than five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include... Clean my Mac X from MacPaw.app slash MacGeekGab, where you can go and get 5% off. Notion Projects, where you can go try that for free at Notion.com slash MacGeekGab. And BB Edit from Barebones Software at Barebones.com. We'll talk more in depth about each and every one of those shortly here. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And across town in Lee, New Hampshire, it's Pilot Pete. Good to see you, Dave. It's good to see you too, Pete. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Here we are. We got some, yeah. we got a lot of stuff. Let's uh, we do. We I, do indeed. I, th I think we should dive in. Uh, so I love that first quick tip. Uh, so yeah, just to recap, when in camera mode, hold your, hold your thumb or your finger. It doesn't matter what, what you hold on it. You can do it your with nose. your nose if you want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hold down on it to record a video for as long as you're holding it or sort of push and slide to the right, as Jeff mentioned, and uh, it will sort of lock into video recording mode. And as he said, it's a faster way of getting there than uh, simply uh, switching over to video, letting it change modes. You know, there's a little lag there. So yeah, I've always liked that one. James. So great minds. Oh, sorry. No, what's that? I was just say, so great minds think alike, your nose, but I bet I'm not the only person who has had my hands full or dirty and used my nose to pull up a message on my iWatch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another quick tip. <laughs> uh, yes, I've done that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just use your nose. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or anything else you like. James has a 
Uh, another little thing that I suppose you could use your nose for if it's maybe pointy enough. I don't know. He says from the home screen, uh, and he says, I tested this both on iOS 16 and the uh, iOS 17 beta, but I, but we believe this was introduced as early as iOS 13, but I'll share what the tip is start playing audio. Doesn't matter what, you know, something from the podcast app. It could be while you're listening to this, uh, in, in whatever app or the music, but while audio is playing. He says, uh, if you're like me and you wanted to change the volume uh, up or down significantly, you would have to click the volume up or down buttons rapidly in succession to achieve your desired level of volume. But he says it can be better than that. With this quick tip, press either the volume up or down button just once so that the little volume gauge shows up on the side right next to where the volume buttons are. And then before the gauge disappears, Grab it with your finger on the screen and drag up or down. And that way you can really fine tune your volume without having to press the buttons like a crazy person. I don't know that I ever knew this, despite I've seen that volume gauge. We all have. I've just stayed on the buttons and, you know, pressed them like a crazy person. And, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, I like it. It's a, there you go. This is what we love about doing this show. Now I just need to remember that in the moment, right? Like with these quick tips, the ones like this one that I want to remember when I get your emails about it, I practice them a few times, right? Like right in the moment so that hopefully the next time I'm actually doing it, there will be some sort of sense memory, muscle memory that's like, hey, 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 wait, don't forget. You can do the little drag thing. So you do it right, right. now if you're listening yeah. on your iPhone. Yeah. Yavel, what do we got? Got one from Bill. We do. Bill writes in, he says, uh, I recently noticed that Inventura, the image capture app, now includes an OCR option checkbox when scanning to a PDF. As long as a longtime user of image capture to standardize my UI to the different scanners I've had over the years, this is a great new feature. My prior workflow was to scan and then use PDF Pen Pro to OCR the scan document. I still need PDF Pen Pro for all the PDFs and JPGs that I create or JPEGs, however you want to say it, uh, phone photos, uh, or receive. Uh, I'm running Ventura 13.4 and Image Capture 8.0. Uh, oh, hold on. Here's the most important part of the letter, Dave. Thank you for your continued excellent and informative weekly podcast. <laughs> that is the most important. You're welcome. Thank you for your comments. This is yeah. this is very much a team effort here. Uh, so, yeah, it, it we love being able to do this and... Uh, uh, yeah, it's our, it's a it's a pleasure and a and a privilege. Yeah. More quick tips. Jam Cycler has one from uh from our Discord channel here where he says, uh it's long bugged me that when I long press to view a full text message via notification center, I can't then long press the message for a tap back response like a thumbs up or a heart or whatever. However, he says, uh just like we talked about the mention of double tapping a message for tap back, you can just you can do that same double tap in the notification center view. So when you see a message come in in notification center, if you double tap it, you get the options right there in notification center for a thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, exclamation point, all of that good stuff. So ah, it's amazing I, that I had no idea. I love these things. Yeah, I. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet. You've tried that? I have. Yeah, I I, I practiced what I preached uh, on that one. There you go. So, yes. I also I like to make sure one. they work, too. Uh, you know, but 
But that's that's important, right? Before I, sharing them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten it wrong, and I will continue to get it wrong sometimes because there's some things we can't really test, and so it's like you know, we we, we trust you folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. so I've got another one from Bill. Bill writes in uh, for those of you, for those of us, use. Yes. We're using the MacBook family of keyboards, but want the functionality of the home and end keys. Uh, for example, I'm in the process of moving my workflows from a 27-inch iMac to a MacBook Pro 14. There are keystroke combinations to provide the functionality of the home keys and end key. Uh, you've probably covered this before, but I had to hunt for how to achieve the home and end functionality in Excel, particularly for moving to the start and end of a sheet. Mecca keys for the home and end keys found on the Apple extended keyboard are home with function plus left arrow and end is function plus right arrow. Uh, in Excel for the Apple extended keyboard and MacBook keyboard, home or function plus the left arrow to move to the first column of the current row, control plus home or control plus function left arrow to move to the top left cell of the sheet, and control plus end or Function control plus the right arrow to move to the last cell used on the sheet. I continue to learn way more than five new things in each episode. Thanks. And he also wishes John well in his uh, future endeavors. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I will put these so that you folks don't have to go back and listen to Pete describe them. I've that was cop- hard, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I didn't. Too much. <laughs> I didn't think about it until I sat here and listened to you doing it, and then it was like, oh yeah, no, no, we 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 cannot we cannot ask people to listen to this. Um, yeah. So don't feel the need to listen to that segment again. Uh, I have copied and pasted this, and we will have this in the show notes for Mac Geek Up nine eighty six, uh, right in line where yeah. uh, where Bill's question is. So yeah, yeah. yeah. essentially, it's function and arrow keys. But, yeah, it's function but yeah. and arrow keys. That's that. Yes, that's a <laughs> that's a great way to encapsulate it. But yeah, it'll be yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let me, now let me now that I've fixed that in the show notes. Let me see where we are with the next thing here, and that's going to come from Josh. Oh yeah, this was I. This was I didn't know if I should call this a quick tip or what, but it was a great little story. Um. Josh says, uh, I created a calendar event some months back on my calendar for an appointment to get my license renewed. Today, I received the notification about my planned appointment and went to look for the confirmation email for any instructions. This is where my issue began. They sent me a confirmation email from a random no reply type email. And to make matters worse, I wasn't 100% certain if I gave them my Apple or Google email address. Since I use both in Apple Mail, I searched with Apple Mail for terms I thought would be in the email body with no luck. The only way I could think to make things easier was to find out when I created the Apple Calendar event because it was likely the same day that I would have received the confirmation email. I like this line of thinking. I've I've done this too. My guess is many of us have like, okay, I know that email was somewhere in this date range. Maybe I can find it. He says, There is nothing I could find in the calendar app through the GUI that shows me when I created it. I searched a few things on Google and here's how you can find when you created a certain calendar event. I love the, uh, the the ingenuity here. So you take the event and drag it to your desktop, then open the file in a text editor. This will be an ICS file and you can look for the word 
created in all caps because that's the format of ICS. And ICS are the little invite things that you get when you're uh, getting a calendar invite from somebody or whatever. So it's just you've just dragged one of these to your desktop. You open it up in a text file, text editor like BB edit or, you know, even text editor or whatever. And then uh, you look for the word created. There will be a date next to it. And it's in, uh, you know, year, four digit year, two digit month, one di uh, two digit date, and then a T after that. And then it will give you the time that you created it too. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, he was able to see, okay, I created this on March 18th of this year. And then he was able to search his email and found the, uh, the, the, the relevant information, which was, I love this. This is fantastic. Yeah. I will share that BusyCal in its info panel allows you to display lots of information and you can pick and choose what's in there. One of the things that you can show is the date that you created and the date you modified any calendar event. And I can't tell you how valuable that information can be. I, like it, it is I, so many times I'll look at an event and be like, wait a minute. I don't think that's what I meant to put there. And I get to see when did I change it? Or if it's a shared calendar, when did someone else change it? And who, which is super valuable. So right. anyway, I share. Yes. It's what you do. It's what I do. <laughs> I, it is. I do it. I do it. I do it. So, yeah, yeah. So, Good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. And to describe that date that Dave talked about, it's eight digits. So it's now the date this comes out is the 12th of June. So it's two Oh two, three Oh six one two. That's it. Yeah. And then, and then you'll see a timestamp after it. Like it keeps going, but yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah hours, go. minutes, seconds, milliseconds, <laughs> hours, minutes, seconds. Yeah. It's hours, minutes, seconds. And then it ends with a Z and, uh, uh I bet Pete, you can guess what that Z is for. Um, it might be Zulu yeah. or uniform time coordinated. Yeah, it's UTC. UTC time. Is that yeah. UTC is the same as Greenwich Mean Time, right, Pete? Yes. Okay. All right. AKN, for whatever reason, the military has 24 of the 26 alphabetical letters for each of the time zones around the world, and that is the Zulu time zone. So when you hear me refer to Zulu, oh. so we are in the Romeo time zone. I had no, I knew that, yeah. that UTC was Zulu time. And I was pretty sure that GMT yeah. was the same as all that. Um, I had but no idea comes from. why it was Zulu time. I love <laughs> that. That's yeah. fast. So we're in Eastern, Eastern time is, Eastern Romeo, is time. Romeo. Okay. We're in the Romeo time zone. Yeah. And is it always Romeo, even when we're in daylight time or not daylight time? Yes. Okay. I think so. That's perfect. I th that's my recollection. Yeah. I have not been on active duty in 28 years. Yeah. Fair, so. fair, fair, fair. Okay. So, so you do not, you do not use, you, you just standardize to Zulu time with your uh, commercial piloting. Yes. Okay. That's so people don't show up late or early for their flights. No, I get that. Yeah. The yeah, whole, yeah. Yeah. The whole airline scheduling is everything's based on Zulu or yeah. UTC. And then, but like if, so you would fill out what was called a yellow sheet when you would go flying, you would. Always put, you know, it would say time zone. You just put Romeo because you're flying on the East Coast. If we went out to Yuma to do a heavy weapon stat or something like that, I want to say it was the, someone correct me, but it was the Oscar or, no, I don't think they used Oscar because it's too much like a zero. So it was probably the Papa. Oh, yeah. Zone. Yeah. Okay. But fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Huh. Uh, all right. Thank you for that. That I, I this is I love I love learning these things. I love learning or lots trivia. of things. Yeah, well, it's, useless trivia to fill it, your brain. <laughs> it's not like it's something we see all the time, 
and never give it a second thought and never give it a second thought. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that. That it's, it's yeah. nice to have context to it. So it's nice yeah. to know that there's not only Zulu time. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, and it, but it is, it makes perfect sense that in an ICS, like when I think it was red Dutta at Apple who created the ICS format. No, he oh. created CalDAV. Sorry. I, sorry. Okay. I, I, I may, I may have, he might've created ICS. I don't know. He definitely created CalDAV, but uh, whoever created the ICS format using the one letter codes to indicate time zone is far more efficient when you're building a text file than having, right. than having a three letter code. T E S T. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like Atlantic standard time. Wait a minute. We will, we will do this one way and one way only, and you get one character in which to do it. Enjoy. Yeah. No, it's good. All right. You want to take us to, uh, Mr. Jam Cycler. There you go. I can do it. Another one from Jam Cycler. Yeah. So he makes a lot of animated GIFs for Mac Mondays, including screen recordings on his iPhone. And since this requires some practice, a number of the recordings are duds and need to be deleted. If I know the recording needs another take upon stopping it, I can simply swipe down on the notification that reports, quote, screen recording video save the photos, unquote, and tap delete. So essentially, when you're done doing a screen recording, it gives you, know, hey, you know, I've saved it to your photos. Just swipe down on that and hit delete. Now you don't have to stop what you're doing. Open photos, go in and select it, delete it. Are you sure you want to delete it? Yes. Are you really sure? Yes, yeah. I'm really sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, that's great. I Yeah, these are, if they're documented somewhere, uh, we haven't found them, but that's, um, I, I love these little little things. You know, it's, it's, I love these little things. I love that uh, we all find them for each other and share them with each other. It's important to remember, like the way to find these things is to think like, what to think the, along the lines of if I were in charge of this, what would I want? Or if I was a user of this, which it turns out you are, if you're doing one of these things, yeah. what would I want? And, and I could control how it was built. What would I want to give myself and think about what the, because that's the mindset that the programmers that are creating these things, the engineers that are creating these things, that's the mindset that they're in. They're using it, but they also happen to be, in a position to create these. So be, you know, thinking, Oh wait, I might want to delete one. You know, how would I do that? What follows general Apple human interface guidelines? Okay. Yeah. Let's add that in. And oftentimes they are just added in there because it makes sense to add them in. So yeah, I love it. It's good stuff. Hey, um, we've mentioned that, uh, we're going to be at max stock, which is true. We will. That's later uh, this summer in July. Uh, I'm 99% sure I'm going to make it. I'm going to bid for it off. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. Great. Um, Max Stock is Saturday and Sunday of the weekend. That would be the July, uh, I think, 22nd and 23rd, if I'm not mistaken, whatever that turns out to be. Um, on that Thursday, Barry Falk is uh, returning with his uh, Midwest Mac Barbecue. And he wanted us to share this here. The Midwest Mac barbecue is the sort of the, 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 at the core of Mac stocks existence. Barry created this barbecue because he wanted to get uh, himself uh, together with a bunch of his favorite 
you know, podcasters and podcast listeners. So he created this barbecue and said, would you guys come out for, you know, a barbecue uh, at my house on, uh, you know, some Saturday afternoon in July, many, many moons ago. And a lot of us said yes, including me and Pete. John was there too. And, uh, and that's when Mike Potter, who created Max Stock, said, wait a minute, if all of these people are going to be in the same area, why don't we have a conference during the day and then we'll go to Barry's for the barbecue at night? And that's exactly what happened. Uh, and so things, things were born and Barry has, is, uh, is bringing it back. So if you want to learn more about Barry's Midwest Mac barbecue and you are going to be in the area, there's a link in the show notes that you can, um, you can check out and hopefully it's, uh, you know, I, I hope to see you there. I'll, I'll be there. So yeah, Pete might be there. Yeah. We're not sure. You know, going to try. All right, cool. Uh, one last quick tip for, but then, but then we've got some cool stuff found to do and you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and there was some discussion about this further in the, uh, discord channel. Just yeah. this morning, but uh, on on the show today, he writes. Uh, you talked about setting a rule for removing mail, but this Apple says last on the show last week. Let, but that's I'm okay. Sorry, yes, that's last okay. Week, he last wrote week it show. that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Got meant it. what I knew. <laughs> <laughs> it, Apple says important because messages in the junk folder are automatically deleted after thirty days. Periodically check the junk folder for messages that were mistakenly marked as junk. It seems to be true. My old iPad. Only has recent junk messages. So yeah, we were we were talking last week about how to auto delete, how to create an auto delete rule, if you will, for um, for junk messages uh, on your Mac. And it turns out you don't have to necessarily. Uh, iCloud will delete them after thirty days, and it it seems like there is no adjusting of this. You can on your Mac, you can set your Mac to delete junk mail in iCloud and any other mailboxes that you have, you get to decide it per account. Uh, you can do it, you know, I, I forget what the options are. I don't have them in front of me, but you know, it's 30 days, 15 days, something a week or something like that, you know, a week, two weeks, a day. Um, so you can have it deleted earlier, but I don't think you can have junk just stick around past the 30 day mark. I think right, iCloud. Right. Will, and then will I guess the out. discussion in there and I lost track of it. Yep. Um, I, I looked for it in discord, but Someone, I think it was Portho John, said he had more mail in there, but the junk mail does. It's the junk mail that goes. It's the junk mail. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So yes, I was yes, wondering yes. if if you reply to junk mail, does it automatically unjunk it or archive it somehow so it doesn't go away? I don't know. That was my. If you want to mark something as not junk, uh, I believe with iCloud mail. You need to tell it not junk in in either Apple yeah. Mail or in the iCloud Mail interface. However, otherwise it's going right. However, yeah. okay. with most email servers, and I, I would not surprise me if this is the case with iCloud as well. With most email servers, moving a message from the junk folder to your inbox also is a way of signaling and training that this is not junk. I I don't know if that's for, for certain with iCloud. I don't use iCloud Mail in any real capacity. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I have iCloud Mail accounts. You you know, if we all do, but I, it's yeah. just not one that I use, so I I can't speak to that for certain. But that is how you do it with Gmail. That's how you do it with FastMail, or a way of doing it with Gmail and FastMail. There are other ways you can mark those as you know as well. So yeah, yeah. 
All right. Dave, yeah, Pete. I bet we could do some cool stuff found now. I, I yeah, let's do a couple of quick ones uh, and okay. and see see where we get, and then and then we'll dig into some that are not going to be so quick. And uh, listener Adrian sent in a note talking about the um th- there there has been for a long time this Google document called the I in general the iOS beta app compatibility chart, and it has been updated for ios 17 and uh, wow i looked at this for the first time yesterday and it had maybe a hundred things on it and now it has almost 800 things on it yeah so people have been busy it it, it is a link to a google sheet uh we all only have read-only access Uh, obviously there are people who maintain this that, that are able to write to it but uh yeah yeah, and and if you want to add an app to the list, they have a form that you can fill out, and and that might just add it to the list. I don't know. Yeah, it might. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it will tell you if you are considering updating to the um, iOS 17 beta. What? Um, what you're gonna break? What you're gonna? Yeah, what's gonna break for you? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, handy little everything on your phone. It's not going to work now. So yeah, yeah. No, it seems like a lot of stuff is working with beta one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but again, I you know I will. I am a I maybe today if I have time. I am going to put iOS seventeen on my ten R, which I believe it will will run it so that I have it running on a a something here and playing with it. And so, well, yeah, we'll report back on that. When, uh, but but I don't I know there are many of you who have already put it on your daily drivers and and bless your hearts. Thank you for that. Uh, I'm not going to do that quite yet. I, <laughs> but, you know, I usually will. I'll wait until sometime. I have some travel at the end of August. I got to go to podcast movement in Denver. I will probably switch over my daily driver to the beta after I return from that, which would if if all goes according to historical indications that would give me about a week to 10 days on my daily driver with the, you know, the final something close to the final beta before it's released, which I, I find usually works out pretty well. So, but I, I do, I am hesitant to travel with my iPhone on a beta version of soft of software. So as a developer, you can get the beta now the, the public beta is coming out later, right? Or is yeah, that I think out? next week? I think it's, okay, I think right. they said next week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, so is the public, I, I know by definition, the beta is not stable, but is the public beta not stable enough? You don't want to put it on your daily driver yet. The public beta or too has traditionally broken. been a week behind the dev beta, but it's basically the same thing as the okay. dev beta. So yeah, no, if, if the dev beta is unstable, the public beta is unstable. It, it's, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah, they just delay it by about, by about a week. So, and then, um, PM Conaway in our discord chat is reminding me about roaringapps.com, which is another resource uh, for compatibility for uh, Mac OS and iPhone apps and windows apps. They say uh, for all kinds of stuff and they have a compatibility compatibility table as well. Uh, This does not, these are, I'm looking at it to see if they have the, the new betas. I don't see. Oh yeah, they do. They have Mac OS 14 on this list. So I, yeah, 
I'll, I'll put that in uh, here too. Okay. Yep. They're already up to date. Nice. Love it. Love it. Well, this well you is, mentioned in the fact about the discord, I uh, want to bring up to people, come join us at mgg.com slash discord during the show for live chat, but there's uh help desk tips, cool stuff found. Basically it's a great community with a bunch of people helping each other out tech support for free. Yeah. Yeah. We all help each other. I I've gotten yeah. as, you know, as much help as I've, as I've given there. It's, it's great. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you. And then the, uh, one other quick thing on there is that normally we are in MGG live chat this week. Nah, don't, don't dig into that. Show. Don't, don't Nope. Do, I'm going to oh, stop okay. you right there. You're going to confuse everybody uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> because, <confused. laughs> because it's, yeah, we're, we're, we are doing an experiment in the discord. If you're there, you'll understand it. If you're not, you won't, if you're not, don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. We, but, but, but we are continually evolving the discord group to best serve the way that we all want it to work. Um, and discord's adding features too. And we're always sort of reviewing those features and and, you know, seeing what ones would make sense for us to adopt and what ones are right. just like, yeah, we'll leave that sort of on the side. But yeah, no, there's there's yeah, it's good stuff. I do a have community. Come join us. And and one place that I like to use Discord, Pete, is outside on my patio. But here in New Hampshire, we have lots and lots and lots of, of cold bugs. weather. Uh, yeah, it's been <laughs> oh, weird. <that> too. <laughs> it's been weird weather, man. But uh, yeah, we get a lot of bugs around here. And I mentioned this last year and I will mention it this year at the beginning of the season uh, because it's been life changing. The products from a company called Thermacell for ridding the air around me of mosquitoes have been life changing. They have portable units and some of these portable units, you know, are, are in the I'll say the twenty five to fifty dollar range. And they will do like a, a, a table or, you know, you're like your fire pit kind of thing or whatever. They do have a system that you can, that is meant to be more permanently installed, but you can install it yourself. Like I installed mine. It's not, it, it's not scary. You know, you don't need an electrician or anything. Uh, you just plug it in and, and, but you leave it outside all winter and, and then you use it again in the summer, which we did last year. And it's been great. And that's called the Thermocell live LIV system, but check out all, if you need mosquito protection, I have some of their portable units that I bring with me to outdoor gigs and I set them up. You know, I just put it next to my drum set and let it go, and uh, it's life-changing. So, What's the tech you use, Steve? It's different kinds of tech, depending okay. on the different um, – the, the different the portable units are different from the, the, the one here, you know, that you use at home. But okay. I, I think chrysanthemum oil is part of it. There's okay. – yeah, there's, there's a variety of different things. They, they talk all about it. They're not – it's like yeah. they're very transparent about what the uh, what the things are. So make sure to uh, to check that out and uh, make maybe make your summer, you know, a little less uh, itchy. All right, Pete and everybody. Look, we've got a sponsor here that I'm super happy to have. It is Clean My Mac X. You know about this. We talk about this on the show regularly. Clean My Mac X is an all in one utility that can help you keep your Mac clean safe and fast in just a few clicks. It's been around, believe it or not, for almost 15 years. It feels like it's a new app. Like I I know that we've been doing Mac Keycap 18 years, but it doesn't feel like Clean My Mac X started, you know, almost the same time we did. It seems like something that's new and modern and it's because they keep it up to date. It's available on the Mac App Store and its non-App Store version is notarized by Apple. There are 30 tools inside Clean My Mac X 
and they can prevent all kinds of things. It can prevent your Mac from catching malware. It can prevent it from overheating. It can help you speed up the performance of your Mac. It can find hidden junk folders. I love that. The Space Lens feature, one of my favorites. So go check it out. Get Clean My Mac X today with 5% off at macpaw.app slash macgeekgab. That discount only works for two weeks. So go now to macpaw.app slash macgeekgab for 5% off. And our thanks to Clean My Mac X for sponsoring this episode. So obviously we're really excited that we now have robust tab groups in Safari. And we're even more excited about getting profiles in Safari later this year. But if we need to have all those tabs open, you know, one tab for, you know, tracking tasks, another one for writing our documents, another one for setting our goals, having them all in different places. And then you got a fourth tab for your AI thing to help you generate or clean up some of your text. Having to jump all around can be kind of crazy and it can make getting work done feel impossible some days, right? Project management tools are supposed to help us move faster and stay organized And that's where Notion comes in. And today, I'm excited to share that they have just launched Notion Projects, which includes new powerful ways to manage projects and leverage the power of their built-in AI features, too. Notion Projects combines project management with your docs, your knowledge base, and AI, so you can stop jumping between tools and stop paying too much for them, too. In just one workspace, you can do everything you need to get your projects over the finish line. And Notion is super customizable. They've even got some automation features and filtering, so you can work exactly the way you want. Do your most efficient work with Notion projects. You can try it for free today at Notion.com slash MacGeekGab. That's all lowercase letters, Notion.com slash MacGeekGab. When you use our link, of course, you're supporting our show. Go right now, Notion.com slash MacGeekGab, and our thanks to Notion Projects for sponsoring this episode. And now I get to talk about BB Edit. BB Edit is one of my favorite apps. It is always running on my Mac because... I have it launch automatically at the beginning of every day. I'm always using it for different things. BB Edit 14 brings a whole horde of new features, all kinds of things like built-in support for additional languages. They've got R, Go, Rust, Tomal, Arduino, Pixar's universal scene description and Lisp. They've got a wide range of source code editing enhancements via built-in support for the language server protocol, including language-specific text completions. And that's the stuff for like the nerdy things that we need to do. But when we're doing non-nerdy things, just like counting the number of characters in a document or comparing two documents, this is where BB Edit also shines. You really want to check this out. They've got a generous eval model, 30 days of full function to try out the app and a fresh eval period for all customers with older versions pre-14 who are running in free mode. Discount upgrade pricing for existing BB Edit customers is available to Go check it out, barebones.com, and our thanks to Barebones and BB Edit for sponsoring this episode. All right, uh, I did promise that we had a question to answer, and answer it, we shall. It After we did our recap episode or our reaction episode to uh, the Apple Keynote and, the, you know, all of the new software and everything, one of the things we talked about in that was the... Uh, the new features coming to Safari, specifically profiles. And in our chat, PC Unix asked, uh, you know, what's the difference between the existing Safari tab groups 
and Safari profiles? And it's a great question. Apple didn't explain it. We didn't explain it on the show. And the reason is we already, we thought, you know, we, we incorrectly made the presumption that everyone knew what profiles were for in a web browser. But if you've only ever used Safari, you don't know what profiles are for in a web browser because you've never experienced this anywhere else. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the uh, most other major browsers already have this feature. This is definitely a catch up uh, with Safari and a very welcome one. So the major difference is the way I think about it is your cookies and your preferences. Let, let me give an example. Let's say I'm logged into Amazon in one of my tabs in one of my tab groups, right? I'm logged in as me. And if I lo open up another tab or another tab group that happens to have Amazon in it, I'm still logged in as me. But what if I need to log in as my affiliate work email account into Amazon, right? Like I can't just open another tab and do that unless I open a private tab, right? And then I, then I can log in and do that in that session. But then when I close that private tab, it's gone. Or I could create a profile to be logged in. One of them is personal. One of them is work. Then I just choose the profile that I want to use and boom, I'm good to go. I'm logged in as personal in my personal profile and that never changes unless I log out or it times out my login, you know, expires it or something after you know 30 days or whatever. And then I have my work profile that's completely different set of preferences and cookies and all of that stuff. So it's, it's, it's essentially multiple personalities for your web browser in a good way. I, I hope that makes yeah. sense. Um, it does. Okay. I could, here's why, because it, it happened to me. Uh, we talked about it briefly, Yeah. but I, it never even occurred to me that I needed to use profiles. I do two different shows on the same platform, StreamYard. I was having to log out of one, to log back into the other. And once you said, Hey, just use profiles. You can change profiles and remain logged in on both on the same platform with both different names. And yeah, same thing as Amazon, two different accounts. Right. Same. It's awesome. Two different accounts. Yeah. It where, where I use it most often right now is with Google accounts. There's, you know, some, I have my main like Google account, but then I have others and Google only lets you be logged into so many and it starts getting really confusing if you have one, you know, profile, one browser like Safari just logged into as many as it can be. Yeah. You want to switch around. It's weird. Uh, you wind up having to reauthenticate and it can be a, a huge mess. So I have different profiles in Chrome for different Google accounts and then I, I'm good to go. And I haven't messed with this in macOS Sonoma yet, so I don't know the use the implementation. But in Chrome, I can have different windows open simultaneously in different yes. profiles, which is huge. It really and is cool. Hint, yeah. My hint for that is it lets you pick colors. So red yeah. is for my repeat, which was my call sign. And one P is purple. So Pete at arm is my, yep. so that's how I can look at the window and know exactly which profile I'm dealing with. That's really smart. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I need to do that too because I I haven't gotten smart enough. Like I I know that each of my profiles has a different color because it sort of auto assigns yeah. a, a new one when you create a profile, but I don't know right. what they are. I I need uh, to be more intentional about that. <laughs> oh, I, I got intentional about that because I'm like, oh, I'm in the wrong one. I got to you know yeah. figure out which one is which. Yeah, so. pain pain has a a, a, a <laughs> an interesting way of inspiring us, doesn't it? It it learns you not to do that again. It does. It does. <laughs> Uh, all right. 
into some cool stuff found. The first one is for, I saw David Chartier over on Mastodon posted. He said, do you need a watch later service that supports virtually every video platform and works on all your Apple devices, including your Apple TV? Yes, he says. The answer is yes, you do need this. And that means you need an app called Play. He says uh, you should all download it and send him a couple of bucks. So, yeah, Play is the a, a watch later app that, as David said, works on all your devices so you get to um you, you get to track everything that you're going to watch and I, having i use i use something called tv time to do this currently but the idea of having it on the apple tv so that my wife and i can both see the list of what's there and what's next and i'm not just having to like read her the menu anytime we sit down to watch something i like this idea a lot so uh, so i'm going to have to check i have not checked it out yet but uh, but as soon as I saw it, I, I made two notes, one for me to check it out and one to share with all of you. So, so it's a TV app as well as an Mac OS app. Correct. It's, and, it's and Mac, iPhone, iPhone iPad, and, and Apple TV. So you can track the stuff and, and, and the data syncs. So, you know, you can manage it on your iPhone, you know, set it all up on your Mac if you want, and then, you know, just go kind of use the TV as the, as the selection interface, if you will. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I like it. I like it. And it looks like it's two ninety nine, two dollars and ninety nine cents. So you know that's that, that seems like I'm I'm going to spend that to test it. There you that's go, worth it. Yeah. I think so. If it if it does anything close, oh. first of all, I trust David Chartier. He, he, I mean, he's been writing for all kinds of people sure. and publishing in the in the Mac universe. He even wrote for us at Mac Observer for a while. Uh, so I trust his recommendations. But if it does anything close to what they say and he says which I'm pretty sure it will, then it's probably worth, you know, 10 times that price. But, you know, that's, that's how, that's how things are these days. So, right. And if not, you're out two ninety nine. That's it. Speaking of something for uh two ninety nine, Lee has a story and a cool stuff found to share. It says my wife was getting hammered with an endless series of spam calls from the two one three area code. Our home in Baton Rouge isn't exactly a hub for LA based calls, which made these calls as suspicious as a duck in a business suit. Verizon's blocking service was no match for this onslaught. With heroic intentions, I armed her phone with my favorite spam killer app, RoboKiller, feeling like a digital knight. However, the dragons of spam calls laughed at my pathetic sword. Every number she blocked, another rose from the ashes, all sporting the 213 badge. Despairingly, I wondered, how does one block an entire area code? It seemed like none of my trusty spam-busting apps could crack this one. Enter Number Shield, a $2.99 shining knight from the App Store. It blocks calls by pattern. I had it block the pattern 213 dash number, 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 dash number, 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 you know, number being a wild card. And voila, we effectively blocked just under a million phone numbers from 213 and all zeros to 213 and all nines. They're all gone. Spam killers, spam callers from area code 213. Not going to get caught by you. No, sir. So that's nice. a pretty. Yeah, I, I as I'm reading this, I'm wondering. Because I've I've done this. This is why I'm wondering this. But I'm wondering if if Lee wrote this or if Lee asked ChatGPT to write this. <laughs> oh, maybe. Because uh, yeah. I I have one one correction to make. Yes. He blocked a million. Got to count all zeros. Oh, you do. Right. It is inclusive. 
Yes. <laughs> it is not just shy of a million. Although there are, to be fair, yeah. a, a, there are some patterns of numbers that are not allowed to be phone numbers. Yeah. So, so a million possibilities have been blocked. A million possibilities have been blocked. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it, it's so, good to be pedantically accurate. We, we like that yeah. here on this show. Like yeah, yeah. 555, I think is one of them, because they always show that right. in movies and on TV. Exactly. So there is no 555. There's no 555, yeah. Yeah, there, and there there didn't used to be one one ones or any starting uh-huh. with one because uh, you would dial a one, you know, to for international for international long distance, and, right? Yeah. But now most uh, exchanges, and I'm sure two one three is there, require you to dial the area code for even what we call local calls. Yeah. And kids, if yeah. if you don't understand what that means, ask your parents. But uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> That recently hit us in New Hampshire. You used to be able to, anything within the 603 area code, you could dial the seven digits. Not anymore. Not anymore, because we have numbers that start with one now. We had to. We had to open it up because we yeah. were we were running out. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. But, you know, Goodness. It's, it's how it works. Um, all right. You want to uh, take us to, uh, to the next one, Pete? Yeah. I've got a cool stuff found, and I found it. Well, actually, I didn't. Um, it was actually mentioned on pa- show nine forty. Yeah, Patrick yeah, and nine forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show nine forty. But uh, I, I've been using it, and I love it. Keyboard clean tool from the folks that bring you Better Touch Tool and Better Snap Tool at Folivora.ai. That'll be in the show notes. This is cool. It's super lightweight. It pops up a screen. You click on the button. It doesn't really appear to be a button. That's the one criticism I could go, but for free, you know, I'll take it. Sure. Click to start cleaning mode and lock the keyboard. So once you click that, you can touch your keys all day long and nothing will happen. Uh, so you can take, I, I take a, a dampened alcohol cloth and I wipe all the sandwich grease and schmutz off my keyboard. And when I'm done with that, I can click the button again because your trackpad and your mouse still work. You can then right. click the button again to allow it to resume keyboard inputs. But and it, and it works just as well as as it, as it advertises, right? Absolutely, it oh, does. Because okay. and the reason it's important, right, is you don't want to be doing all this input and maybe do something nefarious to your computer without realizing you're doing it. Is you're just trying to clean the keys. Absolutely. And in the good old days. You could do that by turning your laptop off and doing yeah. that. But yeah. now, as soon as you touch a key, it turns your laptop on. So Yes, so that's the that's problem, right? The essential, yeah, right, yeah. That's the problem solved by this little well, free in, application. In the good old days, Pete, we would just unplug our keyboard and do it. But Well, there's that. With laptops, you can't do that. With Bluetooth keyboards, that's tricky because you, you can't unplug it. You'd have to take like tur- turn it off, take out. the battery out. Right. Like there's there there yeah. are ways, but this is this is the easiest way. Okay. I I mean I remember reading it. It, you know, when when we mentioned it from Patrick back in 940 and I thought, oh, that's yeah. a good idea. But I, I had not installed it now. OK, I'm like, I, I really like it. I've used it several times now and I just I don't know. I'm a clean freak on my laptop. I yeah. like my keyboard to be clean. I like my screen to be pristine. I use special screen screen cleaners with alcohol and a dry pad. And uh, yeah, and, you know, I just yeah. that way I can ask for my, for my former laptop when i go to sell it yes yeah exactly yeah 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 <laughs> so, yeah hey uh 
Rawl605 in our Discord chat says, if you use Notion on the web, Chrome, Edge, or Firefox, there is a plugin you should check out called Notion Boost. It is a super cool extension that adds all kinds of handy features to using Notion in uh, on the web. And, and this is one thing where Chrome definitely has a leg up on Safari even still. Like Safari has some extensions. Like it has the ability to have extensions. There are many extensions which are not, at least not yet, engineered to work with Safari, but are engineered to work with the other browsers. And uh, and things like this are, are can be hugely helpful. So, yeah, if you're a Notion user, go check that out. And thanks for that, Rawl. Uh, I call you Rawl. I, like, I'm sure your name isn't Rawl. It might be, but I'm guessing it's not. Anyway, Could moving be. on. Pete, you got another one for us? I do. Another one to uh, revisit? And- I, uh, I like revisiting. It's what I do. It's, it's what I do hey, best. It's all right. Orthos John brought it to our attention initially in show 972, and it's called Shotter. S-H-O-T-T-R. No E. Got it. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's, what do you call it, Dave? It's shareware, but it asks you, and if you don't, Give it money, you still get all the features, but it just annoys you about every fifth or sixth time. All right, hey, so it's it's donationware, shareware, yeah, sure. donationware. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay. you know what? It's so good. I sent in the eight bucks to get there the license. Go. So what's it, it? Yeah, what's it do? I mean, I remember talking so, about this, but yeah, yeah. So Shutter is a screen capture uh, tool that allows you immediately as soon as you. Uh, you you set your own hotkey, so you can go in and turn off in system settings the default screen capture hotkeys, if you like, or you can set slightly different ones. For instance, shift command two is how you then get the little crosshairs, drag it across what you want to select. And as soon as you release, it comes up and brings up the editor and you can select a photo with text underneath it. It, Let's say it's a a button. So an icon, I should say, and you select the icon button and the text underneath it. And then say blur and it blurs the whole thing and you could oh. then go over no just blur the text it leaves the icon in place but blurs the text oh wow. you can erase you can erase any of that and it automatically pulls in behind the smartly pulls in the behind the color so it looks normal like nothing was there here's the coolest feature of it for me if you have a web page that is long scrolls way down but you want to capture the entire thing you can set up a keystroke so that it will capture the entire scroll so essentially what you do is you hit that keystroke you drag your crosshairs across that web browser and you let go and it automatically scrolls the browser to the very bottom or 20,000 pixels, which is what default is. You okay. could set more or less. Sure. Once it's got to the bottom of that web page, it stops scrolling automatically and brings the entire captured web page up and into the editor. This is amazing. I'm, I'm watching, yeah. and anybody who's seeing the video of the show, we're all watching the sort of their demo video of this. As you're describing these features, we're yeah. getting to see them in, in action. Yeah. Holy cow. Like, okay, I need this. I think we all we all need this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. It's and and it's free. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's, well, you know, yeah. but I I gave him the eight bucks. I mean, yeah. man, the guy has put this much effort into it, and he's got a little survey at the bottom. Hey, what which 
feature do you want me to do next? And I love this. And, I love this. Yeah. I love it. So Pete, yeah. I think you are getting bit by the uh, Ventura the audio. Core Audio in Chrome bug because we're getting more and more clickiness from you. So I'm going to ask you to just relaunch Chrome while I tell people about two other cool stuffs found. I'll make it so see you guys in a minute. We'll see you in a minute, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good, good old Ventura Audio. Ben uh, shared a different screen capture tool, and I figured this was a perfect time to talk about these that we've kind of had in the queue for a, a little while. Ben being Jam Cycler says, uh, I went looking for a Mac app for converting screen recording videos to animated GIFs and found Claquette, C-L-A-Q-U-E-T-T-E, which includes the ability to record the screen, including system audio. Um and uh, system audio, it only works in Ventura. Spe speaking of ch changes to core audio, they have made changes. Some of them evidently good, at, like the, you know, sound isolation plugin we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Some of them, well, you know, different. Uh, but that's Claquette. So thank you for sharing that, Ben. And then Andrew Woodward has, uh, has a second one for us for uh, screen captures. And that is called Screen Flick. He says it records the screen and audio, either the whole screen or just a set oh. square. And welcome back, Pete. And yeah, uh, Apple, he says Apple is a built-in screen recorder, but uses no audio. That's where uh, it comes. this comes in. And uh, he says he uses it for recording video from web pages and live streams. My use case was TV news stories about my business that I would record and then put up online or recording zoom for teams, uh, recording purposes when it wasn't being recorded in the app. So, yeah. All right. That that's, that's yeah, there is, there are ways of creating the system audio as a device to feed into Apple's screen capture, but it's not, it's, it's not generally the most intuitive thing. So this, this definitely solves that problem. So yeah, thank you for that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Speaking of audio, how are we doing, Pete? I think I'm back. How am I, I doing? Click, click, click. I think you're back. We'll see. We'll see how okay, the clickiness dude. is. Yeah, yeah. All right. The, uh, go. Oh no, I was I was just going to bring us to the next uh, the next cool stuff found that I have, Damn which man. is it, it was suggested by Jeepster eight six seven five three zero nine. It is something I use too. It's called. Turbo Boost Switcher. He says, I use it to control the fan noise on my Intel MacBook Air, and I mainly use it when on battery to turn Turbo Boost off. It uses less battery, generates less heat, and less noise. He says, I you can get it for free, but I bought Turbo, Bru Tuber Turbo Boost Switcher Pro for <laughs> 10 bucks after I started using it more often. He says, I believe these settings are only, there are certain settings only available in the Pro version, which is true, uh, you can have it kick on automatically with the pro version uh, and do some things. I use it here. You know, I'm on that 2019 Intel iMac in the studio. And as soon as core audio is like kicked in and video is running, my fans would be loud enough for you to hear while I was talking. Uh, even though the CPUs are not pegged. I mean, even with turbo mode off, my CPUs are maybe at like 20 or 30%. It's not like it's, it's overcooking things. But when video and audio are kicked in, it just turns on turbo boost mode by default. And this lets me turn that off so that my machine does not run into uh, fan mode. So, yeah, it's it's a great piece of software. And 
uh, and it works. Obviously, I'm using it with Monterey. It works with Ventura as well. So don't know about uh, whether or not it yet works in uh, in Sonoma, but uh, with the betas. But I'm sure we could check that on the aforementioned lists that we put in the show notes here. Right. Yepper. Uh, that's what I got there. You got anything else? Cool, cool stuff found, Pete. I've got I've got plenty that I'm I'm going to happily roll through okay. here. But uh, let's keep going. Yeah, I was okay. looking at the agenda and I've somehow goobered my notes. So oh, there you go. Perfect. It's disappeared from me. So that's fun. Back to you, Dave. Back to me. No, it's totally fine. <laughs> we we've, we've been talking a lot about portable monitors on the show here, and there is uh, a, a, a monitor that one can travel with, right? And you know, Apple's Vision Pro might serve that need for some people, and or the whole Vision line of products. And I think I think that's an important way for us to sort of think about this is you know think about the apple watch right there there are many different models of apple watch there's and, and they and they run the gamut of pricing so I, I think i think we will see other models of of apple vision somethings but that could that could be a monitor but in the interim while we don't have that option to even try using a portable monitor when we travel can be really really handy some of them do not stand up all that well. And Rod in the chat suggested the CabCon tablet stand, which we will put in the show notes. It's 28 bucks and it will obviously hold a tablet, but he says it also holds, um, you know, like a 15 inch monitor just fine. And it lets you adjust the height and the angle of it and holds it pretty well, but also folds very flat which is the key for traveling it with us. So 28 bucks and uh, it's yours from Amazon, or at least it's 28 today. They've got them in different colors. It looks like you could pay up to $31 if you want a different color, if you want black or uh, pink. So the pink, what they call the pink tax is alive and well uh, as well here. So, you know, there you go. Although I'm seeing that there is a 5% coupon on Amazon, at least while we're recording this. So, uh, and I think that's been there for a little while. So thank Hurry. you for that, Rod. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, speaking of cool stuff found, and you're really going to be upset with me when I tell you what this is. Uh, listener Dom shares with us the Anchor Everfrost powered cooler. And yes, it is cool. Uh, it's not yeah. inexpensive, though. I think you could get an Apple um, Vision Pro for about the same price, but uh, it, it is it's a battery powered cooler uh, that will cool up to 42 hours. It's got a 299 watt hour battery. You connect to it with your phone. It's also got solar input. It's got dual zone temperature control. Uh so if you are someone who camps or does all kinds of, you know, those things, uh, this might be something for you. It, it's interesting. The price was on here when I looked at it, so I didn't put it in the yeah. show notes, but I, I think it was over. Um, I don't know. I think it was over two grand. Like, I don't think it was cheap. I could be wrong oh. on this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's not, it's not inexpensive. Not giving those away. They are not giving them away. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. Where can I buy it uh, 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 anchor.com slash everfrost dash powered dash 
Puma. Yeah, I know. That's the website I, I have up, but there's no price on here. Uh, At least not that I've not. found. Not anymore. But, but yeah, I don't think you're going to get it inexpensively. But they, they do say that they have a 25% discount. So it's a cool thing. And it's also a cool thing. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did. There. Do you see what I, I did? Do that Pete? again. <laughs> I, don't, I won't do that again. Oh, oh, I have to do it. I yeah. deserve that. Yeah. 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 No, I don't. I don't have the price anywhere. So they've obscured it, perhaps for good reason. Uh, but still, good stuff. Um, Block Tech has found this thing on Kickstarter, and you know, I'm always hesitant to share kickstarted things or at least i like to make sure you know that you might not get what you think you're going to get uh, most of them work out all right but they take gen oftentimes take longer to get than than they say and you know there's always interesting little things because you're backing a project you're not just buying a thing but um it's called iframix i-f-r-a-m-i-x and the idea of it is to take your old ipads and turn them into digital photo frames, home cameras, clocks, and more. And they've got a, a frame that you put around the iPad and you can hang it from the wall. It helps reduce e-waste because your iPad isn't just sitting there or being thrown away. Uh, and then it, you know, it's got a little app and you can do different things with it. So uh, it's an interesting idea. I like it. I think it's about, it's not inexpensive. I think it's about 300 bucks 299 is okay. the current lowest price you can get them for uh you know with kickstarters they tend to have like a certain amount at a low price and then uh, another set amount at the next price up and etc cetera, etc cetera, you know and then when it okay. goes up for sale it'll probably be 499 or something like that you know but uh but yeah i i like the idea of this you know the ipad that's sitting in your drawer or, you know you're not sure what to do with you're not sure who to give it to Having, as we've mentioned on the show, I think it was just last week we were talking about the the value of a digital photo frame that you can have in your house, and maybe you've already got one. So yeah, yeah. that's neat. Those yeah. are, those are cool things. It's um, cool. It, in that, it's a little same, expensive, but uh, you know, for what it yeah. like, you know, you you've got to provide the iPad and then three hundred bucks. So um, yeah, yeah. In, in that same vein, I'm going to tease something. Because I can't find the link. Because I have a new laptop. And by the way, all your messages don't pour it over from your old one. But my nephew took an old iPod, the Clickwheel iPod, and essentially turned it into a, a new one. Put all new huh. memory in it. Now it's like, I don't huh. know, I, I think 500, or no, it's 256 gig SSD in it. And, and a battery that lasts years. Yeah, <laughs> without a recharge. So I'm going to tease that, and I'll bring that to a to another show soon. Okay, because uh, he gave me the link on how they're doing that. So if you got oh, an old cool. iPod laying around, yeah. it's something cool to do with it. That's cool. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I want to learn about yeah. that. That's fast. Yeah. yeah, fascinating. Huh. I like it. Um, your messages could port over to your Mac. Oh, You're talking about okay. like iMessages, yeah? Yes. So yeah, yeah and the new laptop they. Anything before last week isn't so there. If you go into messages, uh, okay. settings, okay. iMessage and enable messages in cloud, that should sync them down. I mean, I'm on this Mac that I wiped clean. Uh, yeah. And I, I would. That was unchecked. I would, did you that. check it? 
I just checked it. All right. Well, hopefully downloading messages from cloud. Yeah. I, I had MDS stores. The, the, the spotlight engines go nuts while it was pulling those down. So you may have created a problem for yourself while we're recording here. <laughs> I may need to reboot. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and your sound problem. I, it, it, we're, we're not going to worry about it. it. It's better, but I think okay. a, a reboot is probably what's going to fix it. And if that doesn't fix it, you and I'll, you know, take this offline and figure it yeah. out. But don't, yeah, don't bother. Okay. It's, it's much better than it, it had gotten. So I, okay. I think, I think if we were here for another hour, it would get worse again, but the good news is we're not going to be here for another hour. So no, uh, sadly we're not. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that downloading messages from the cloud. I'm, I'm, I, um, I don't know why that's not on by default. First of all, secondly, yeah. uh, I don't know why you can't only store the images from your messages in the cloud. Like you, you either get to right. delete images or, keep them but they are then on all your devices eating up storage times four or whatever you, you know so I, I like apple has not talked about fixing that i haven't heard anybody say that they were at some dub dub session where they said oh by the way you know this is also fixed in all the new operating systems you know because that because that kind of yeah. thing happens like it, i bet it, the folks at macpar someone along those lines could come up with a way to yeah yeah the amazing I know iMazing can yeah. can sort of offload those for you, I think. I think? Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Because yeah. it used to be the only, you know, it was the old like Sanuti and yeah. those type of that you could go in there and delete the cruft. Right. Right. You know, go back and go. Yeah, oh, if somebody knows that picture was sent to me five years ago. Feedback at MacGeekgub.com. If you're if you're offloading the images that you've received or sent in messages and archiving them somewhere that's not just barfing them on all your devices. Let us know. Oh yeah. Do that at feedback at MacGeekGab.com. That's what I said, P feedback at uh, MacGeekGab.com. Hey, trying to make sure everyone heard you. Porthos John <laughs> in Slack, uh, sorry, in discord shared Slack GPT, which is a plugin for Slack. If you're using that in your workplace, that lets you use, uh, you know, the, the power of generative AI, like, like a chat GPT inside of Slack. So you can, you know, just invoke all of those things, um, right there in kind in, in Slack for responses and, you know, drafting things and all that good stuff. So, uh, thank you for sharing that. I also noticed that the new version, and I haven't messed with this, the new version of Jetpack for WordPress includes some kind of AI generator block which is interesting because WordPress would be a place that you would perhaps publish things that you had AI help you generate and then you edited. So um, I, I need to dig into that too, but that's, that's interesting. So it's the Jetpack AI assistant is now in, uh, in Jetpack. Jetpack's a plugin that's put out by the folks at Automatic, which is the company that makes WordPress. And it adds a lot of features to WordPress. It is a free to use plugin and it's kind of a freemium model. There are certain features that require you to, you know, pay for a subscription or something, but I use it. We've used it. We used it at Mac observer forever. And I don't think we ever had need to pay for a Jetpack pro subscription there. So just bear that in mind. Yeah. And just a quick positive reinforcement, positive feedback. Uh, it is, in fact, after checking that, downloading 
all my previous iMessages. Hey, all right, cool. good. Yeah. Nice. In fact, it's done. Wow. All right, there you go. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, where are we here? We uh, Speaking of the, the AI chat GPT stuff, chat GPT yeah. now includes sh- the ability to share a link to one of your uh, sessions. So, it, you know, you, you open up a new session, you ask it to do a thing for you, and it comes up with some response. You can share the entirety of that session, but, but nothing else. So uh, I will put a link in the show notes to last week's MacGeekab, uh, how I created the sort of the draft for the blog post that became the show notes. I've edited from there and you can compare the two and see like, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, I like it. It's good. So what the link you share only shows the raw, nothing what you've edited. There's well, no way to get. Yeah. What I've edited yeah. is inside WordPress. It's like I separate. copied and yeah. pasted it yeah. from there into WordPress. I edited right. some things because, because it doesn't get things right. All I do is give it the, the agenda that we followed and say, write right. a blog post comes and, up and yeah. says, you know, it might it might say for this one that you know Rawl six oh five asked about Chat GPT shared links. It's like no, he actually told yeah. us about it, but it doesn't <laughs> like there's no there's nothing in the agenda that indicates whether which whether way that he went. Asked or told. Yeah, yeah, so it's sure. tried. It's got to figure it out contextually. But what I will say, the first time I did this, where I pasted it in, it somehow knew that CSF meant cool stuff found, and it knew that QT meant quick tips. Now. I realize that's not a huge leap, but it was a hundred percent right the first time. So I, I have to presume that it went and looked at its archive of scraped MGG episodes from the last 18 years. And, uh, and you know, somehow was able to link that abbreviation to the words. Correct. Yeah. 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 All right. I have, I have one last one. I, I think we kind of talked about this in the last episode, but I wanted to make sure we, we, we really got there. It is also on Kickstarter, but I, I, I have confidence that it will succeed simply because it comes from the folks at rolling square who make all kinds of great little accessories. Yeah. Uh, it is called air card. This is the sort of credit card sized Apple find my tracker that you can put in your wallet. It's 2.2 millimeters thin it's got two and a half years of battery life. It's got a 105 decibel alarm in it. They call it a digital business card. You can get one or you can pledge uh, 27 pounds. So, you know, about 30 bucks US, I guess. It's going to be right in there mm-hmm. uh, to, to get one of these things. And they've got some, there are some of the, some of those left at that price. And then of course at higher prices too. But yeah, if you are looking for, something to fit in your you know wallet or your bag or wherever you need a thing this might be the thing for you so i wanted to make sure we mentioned that before we before we moved on because pete as with all good things this episode must now come to an end however i do want to say something because uh while this episode is being released on june 12th which is a monday this is the final episode that will be released before June 13th. I, I, I get that that's sort of self-evident um, by, you know, linear time and the calendar and all of that stuff. June 13th. We could go back. 
June 13th, 2023 uh, marks the 18th anniversary of this show. So we will be entering our 19th year. Our show will now be old enough to vote. Old yes. enough to vote. Yeah. So. But not woo. drink. <laughs> Not well, not not here in the United States. Yeah, that's right. Thankfully, we are a global, uh, you know, concern here, so we're we're covered. It's everything's fine. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, happy anniversary to us, very much. Yeah, yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is awesome. It's crazy. It's so much fun to be part of such a a great thing that you guys have built over the years. I couldn't agree more. I yeah. yep yep. It's it's awesome. So thanks to all of you. For 18 Bingo. years. That's really the, the key because, I, you know, this, I enjoy the heck out of doing this, but I wouldn't keep doing it if there wasn't our community and, and all of us doing this together. So, yeah, really. we're just doing the gab. The people that are the community are You're providing it. the inputs, yeah. the tech support, yeah. the questions, the solutions that. You know, we try to present some of our own solutions, but yeah. it's not just us. It's like it's you know, it, we all are in this together. And yeah, I, every now and then we give the shoulder shrug and they're like, hey, you idiots. Right. Just do that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I love yeah. those are my right. favorite moments. I was having a conversation yeah. with somebody the other day and we, and we were in a, you know, a, a bit of a I wouldn't say heated, but animated, it, you know, our, our thing where it was it was like, no, I think you're wrong about that. And I stopped him and I said, okay, wait, wait, like, I am not emotionally attached to my current uh, uh, thought on this. It was some tech issue or something. I was like, I'm emotionally attached to getting the right answer. I'm like, so let's dig in. Because if, if, if I'm wrong and you're right, I want to know what you know. Like, it's like, that needs to be my new normal here. And it was um, like, and that's just true with all of this. I. We just want to learn. We all want to. And, and that's the beauty of our community here. We all just want to learn. So, yeah, it's good. Well, what if the right answer is the way we've always done it? At, sometimes asking. that sometimes that happens, Pete. It's okay. it's it's I'm worth. Just, I might be giving a reference to another show. It's worth <laughs> asking the question. There you go. <laughs> uh, yes, but you're right. Yeah. On Business Brain, Shannon and I last week talked about how. Uh, it's one of the things to, that, that at, at work, we talked about five yeah. things that, that are bad to say at work. I think it was five. And uh, one of them was, but that's the way we've always done it. It was six, Pete, Pete reminds yeah. me. Yeah. But that's the way we've always done it. That's not a good excuse. That may be true, but that's the way we've always done it. But it doesn't mean it's the best way to continue doing it. But sometimes it is. Like, change right. for change's sake, not always. Whoa. Yeah. Not change always for great. change's sake is bad. Yeah, but it's something us nerds love. Like when we yeah. see new shiny, it's like, oh, I'm going to change to that. And then we hate Ventura. And I I, I dislike Ventura. I don't hate it. I'm, I'm trying to remove yeah. that. I'm trying to be very particular Diplomatic. about when I use that word. <laughs> no, no. I, like that, that word is a powerful word. So I, I, don't, I, I dislike many parts of Ventura. I run it on most of my computers, though. So there you go. You know. Just because it's too hard to go back. Yeah, because I like the features, Pete. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, you managed to get the one to go back. Oh, that, that was, was not like good, work. dude. Yeah, that was like real work. That was yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. Like I, I did. I, I as I talked about, I rolled this one back, and then I nuked and paved it because it was not good. I don't think I ever got mail to be happy. Um, and and there were a couple. That's not your mail machine. 
Right. There, but there were a couple other things that were just... It was all Apple apps had problems. All, every third-party app was totally fine. And it wasn't all Apple apps, but any of the apps that had problems were Apple apps, which makes sense because they, you know, upgrade with the OS, whereas, you know, third-party apps are like, yeah, well, we're, we have to sort of be OS independent to a degree. Otherwise, you know, we're out. So, All right. That's what we got. So, yeah, we got Business Brain. I do Gig Gab as well. And then Pete does his... Uh, aviation podcast so there i was we'll put links to those in the show notes for you to enjoy um get yourself some mac geek gab merch like pete's wearing there at macgeekgab.com slash merch and uh follow us on mastodon i'll put the links in the show notes we're having some great conversations over there one of the things i love about mastodon is there's no algorithm deciding what order to show me things I just get them in timeline order. And I had forgotten how much I liked that. Like, it's really great. Ah. Well, Pete, we made it through another one here. Folks. In spite of our best efforts. That's right. <laughs> uh, hey, do me a favor, folks. Have a good week. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. And most of all, don't get caught. Thanks for 18 years. He's to 18 more. Yeah. Woo. Later.